Welcome to the 13th episode of PH Pod, a podcast brought to you by the Boston University School of Public Health and Public Health Post. I'm Mike Saunders, filling in for the former managing editor of PHP, Nick Diamond. In episode 13, Nick speaks with John Rosenthal, co-founder of Stop Handgun Violence, a grassroots group that has worked to prevent firearm violence through public awareness, education, policy advocacy, and law enforcement strategies, all without banning most guns. In this extended-length episode, Nick begins by asking John about the reason he focused his passion for activism on gun violence prevention. Um, I have been a gun owner and uh, activist business person my whole adult life. I bought a building, a parking garage next to Fenway Park in Boston on the Mass Pike that had 300 feet of frontage on the uh, on the pike and wanted to put up a message that I thought could maybe help change bad public policy and bad public health outcomes uh, to good public policy and good public health outcomes. So um, I ended up building a 300-foot billboard on the Mass Pike back in 1995 and put up uh, – 15 beautiful photographs of kids killed by guns and the 300 foot message with these beautiful photographs was the cost of handguns keeps going up. 15 kids killed every day. Um, and, uh, that led to, uh, really changing the conversation in Massachusetts, believe it or not, having business people and gun owners involved. Um, and uh, it was like our front page and, uh, literally, House speakers, governors, and even President Clinton would uh, told me he once changed his entourage route when it came to Boston to see the billboard. So um, it helped change the conversation and, uh, and and change gun laws. And that was in 1995. So I sort of backed into it uh, when I learned that 15 kids under 19 died every day. A total of 106 Americans every day back in 95 died from uh, firearms. What is a lesson you learned by creating a political advocacy strategy at Stop Handgun Violence with Michael Kennedy? Good public policy leads to good public health health outcomes, and uh, the opposite is true as well, as we've seen. Um, The more I learned about gun violence, the more I realized that it was virtually by design. Um, Frankly, national gun policy has been to allow unrestricted access to all firearms, including easily concealed handguns and large capacity ammunition magazines and assault weapons without detection. Unless you're, you know, truly a law-abiding citizen and stupid enough to buy guns at a gun store where they run a background check like I do. Um, But there's this whole other Uh, alternate universe. It's insane Um, public policy that allows for anyone to buy any number of weapons without an ID or background check in 32 states and at thousands of gun shows annually. Hence, you know, we have a epidemic of gun violence. And frankly, the more gun violence, especially high profile mass shootings, the more gun sales. So, you know, in America, unlike anywhere else in the world, Gun policy is to provide unrestricted access to firearms without detection by law enforcement, virtually in order to increase gun deaths, in order to increase fear and gun sales. And that is why the United States of America has more gun deaths than 26 industrialized nations combined. 
And today and every day, over 100 people will die from firearms, 150 people will be injured. Um, and, you know, once school is truly back in session after the pandemic, we'll continue that horrific trend of a, of a mass shooting of four or more people every single day in this country. It's gun violence by design for the, for greed and, uh, by the gun industry, the uniquely unregulated gun industry, um, by Congress, who frankly cares more about special interest blood money campaign contributions than they care about public health and safety. So, you know, direct question, direct answer. Um, we changed public policy. We're an industrial state here in Massachusetts. We've enacted the most comprehensive gun laws in the nation, signed into law by Democrat and Republicans, uh, governors, and we have the lowest gun death rate in the nation. We've reduced the rate of gun deaths by 40% since we started in 1994. And, um, um, and we're a model for the nation. So easily replicable if, uh, if elected officials uh, cared enough to prioritize public health and safety uh, over preventable gun violence and chose, because this is a choice, if, if Congress members chose to protect uh, the public from preventable gun violence versus uh, their own self-serving campaign contribution. The threats of gun violence don't present themselves like HIV or cancer or heart disease or addiction. In what ways should the public think of gun violence as a public health problem? There are not a lot of things. They're killing 100 people a day and, uh, and injuring 150 uh, without regulation. So um, think about this. Toy guns, teddy bears, uh, you know, meat packers, you name it, uh, all have consumer protection regulations. They have manufacturing standards um, to help prevent um, uh, injury and death. Uh, every consumer product uh, and uh, you know, you name it is regulated, uh, if it's for sale in this country, except one thing, the firearm. It makes no sense, but can you imagine if toy guns or teddy bears or, uh, or meat packers, you know, all of whom are heavily regulated. Imagine, you know, if, if, uh, eight kids under 19 and a hundred Americans died from tainted meat because the meat packers were unregulated or the toy guns somehow burst into flames and killed children. You don't think they would be regulated? They're all regulated. The only thing that isn't is the real firearm. And that's because of special interest lobbying by the, by the, uh, the National Rifle Association, who's really a cultish organization wanting unrestricted access to guns in order to arm, you know, all these, you know, people who, you know, hate government and need to like plan for the insurrection, which we saw, frankly. Um, imagine if Washington DC, uh, didn't have a, uh, uh, gun violence prevention laws and regulations. Imagine if everyone who, you know, stormed the Capitol could be legally armed in Washington. It would have been a much different result. 
it's a public health crisis because, uh, you know, in addition to the the 100 that will die today and the 150 injured, uh, the majority of those uh, deaths are people who are uninsured, costing the healthcare system, you know, billions, probably tens of billions a year uh, in uninsured uh, medical costs. Um, and we know uh, that an average uh, uh, gunshot death is about $33,000 uh, per death. And uh, for an average injury, injury it's $330,000 to the system, and 80% are uninsured. So it, it has a big, big impact on, on health costs in this country, um, not to mention the fact that, you know, we don't have the gene to bury our children and never be the same. And the mental health costs associated uh, are extreme. Um, Two-thirds of all gun deaths are suicide. So it's a mental health issue uh, in addition to a uh, gun policy issue. So we have seen um, from good evidence-based uh, public health uh, uh, solutions that, um, you know, changing public policy and focusing on um, public health and safety um, can save lives, uh, prevent injury and death without any inconvenience to law-abiding gun owners. Earlier, you mentioned the billboard in Massachusetts, and I'm wondering if you could speak a bit more about other interventions that you have seen improve the health of the public in response to this epidemic. Sure. Well, Massachusetts became the first state in the nation to uh, regulate the gun industry. Uh, as I mentioned, there is uh, there are no uh, consumer protection regulations uh, for firearms nationally. In fact, the National Consumer Product Safety Commission is barred from regulating uh, firearm manufacturing. Uh, lo and behold, here in Massachusetts, uh, we have uh, more gun manufacturers and we, we manufacture more guns than any place in the nation. Um, and if you are going to manufacture a gun in this state, like Smith & Wesson, the largest handgun maker in America, uh, they have to comply with consumer protection standards. So we have seen a drop in injuries and deaths from, uh, or certainly from accidental injuries and deaths uh, here in Massachusetts. Um, and Smith & Wesson has had to comply if they want to sell guns uh, here in the state. Um, you know, youth violence um, uh, prevention um, has had a big uh, impact here in the state. A uh, 2014 study con con conducted by the American Institute of Research um, found that for every dollar spent um, on, like, for instance, there's a program called the Safe and Successful Youth Initiative uh, grant program here in Massachusetts. It's a competitive grant program for cities with high rates of violence. Um, and uh, for every dollar spent on uh, that program, um, for instance, Boston, who's involved in it, recouped uh, $7.35 uh, in crime-related savings. In Springfield, every dollar spent recouped uh, six, about $7 in benefits from uh, preventing victimizations um, of violence. So, you know, we, we know that there's evidence-based uh, <clears throat> solutions around um, working with youth um, to uh, divert from violence. Um, we found that a lot of kids carry guns for self-protection. So programs like this were associated with a reduction in violent crimes and uh, 
and non-fatal shootings. Um, and uh, significant, like 31% in, in Lowell, 31% reduction in gang-related uh, criminal activity. So prevention, you know, it just makes sense. We know that in the public health uh, world. Prevention is, uh, in many ways, the least expensive way to address a public health uh, crisis. How has gun violence prevention improved or worsened over the past four years under the Trump administration? Well, it's uh, gun violence, you know, gun injuries and deaths have gone up. Um, the, uh, during the uh, Clinton years, uh, back in 1999, um, the U.S. Uh, experienced its lowest crime rate um, uh, and reductions in, um, in highest reductions in uh, gun injuries and deaths. Um, and since, you know, the George W. Bush years, uh, uh, it has continued to go up. Um, you know, uh, George W. Bush uh, was in bed with the NRA, gave them everything they wanted, including gun industry immunity from lawsuits, believe it or not, um, in a democracy where, you know, we're supposed to hold the keys to the courthouse and be able, that's one of the forms you know, of redress. Um, you know, the gun industry is now held harmless from liability. So uh, that came about because cities like Boston um, and and many others were suing the gun industry for um, marketing their firearms, um, literally to criminals, because if you can't be held liable, who's the biggest market? Um, Most law-abiding gun owners like me, I skeet shoot, I have a shotgun, um, we have all the guns we're ever going to need. What's the market? The market are criminals that need guns want new guns they want guns that they don't you know don't have a death or or a crime associated with them uh and so how do you get them in those hands you give the industry uh, immunity from lawsuits so they can market directly to to criminals i mean for instance there's a gun it's a 50 caliber sniper rifle that has a range of over a mile um is market made by a tennessee company and marketed uh, as capable of taking down an aircraft and tells you where to put it. And Osama bin Laden bought 12. There's a weapon, a handgun used at the Fort Hood uh, military base uh, made by a Belgian company called Herzl that is marketed as capable of penetrating 48 layers of soft body armor. Well, who wears soft body armor? Police and military police. Since 1975, more Americans have died from gun related injuries and deaths in the United States than all U.S. service men and women killed in all foreign wars combined. We are seeing a mass shooting of four or more people every single day. Now, I've hunted. I'm a gun owner. Um, I don't want to ban guns, but I don't think the founders ever expected um, that the gun industry would be held liable and market to criminals without any liability. If you hunt deer or duck, you are limited to five rounds for deer and three rounds for duck in order to protect the deer and duck population. That is federal law. If you hunt humans, no limit on the number of rounds. That is insane public policy. And we have seen that the more mass shootings, especially high-profile mass shootings like Sandy Hook and, <clears throat> and Parkland, you name it, where kids are killed, gun sales go up, and Congress doesn't care as long as the gun industry is happy and gives them blood money campaign contributions. That's why we have an epidemic of gun violence. 
My last question for you is what aspirations do you have for the Biden administration when it comes to stopping gun violence? Well, Joe Biden as vice president was uh, President Obama's point person on guns. Um, There is no question in my mind um, that he will enact or attempt to enact a universal background check for all gun sales, uh, whether they are through private dealers or uh, federally licensed gun dealers. Joe Biden also understands um, that you don't need a military-style AR-15 assault rifle to hunt or or in sport. I um, I met, as did Joe, and I've spent a lot of time um, at the White House in the Obama administration uh, with Vice President uh, Biden and President Obama, uh, met parents of dead children, including at Sandy Hook where many of those parents had to identify their children by their clothing because after receiving three to 11 rounds from a military-style AR-15 and a two twenty-three round, they were indis- the kids were indistinguishable looking. There is no purpose whatsoever for a military-style weapon uh, in the hands of the general public in a civilized society. It's a military-style weapon designed to stop an incoming infantry. And, you know, you can't use it for hunting deer or duck. And uh, it's, uh, it's simply for killing as many people um, quickly as possible. I mean, it's amazing to me um, that you think about Las Vegas and the, the, the concert, the country music concert. 558 people shot, 850 sent to the hospital in one mass shooting with multiple AR-15 assault rifles. And Congress didn't care. And Trump just sat back and smiled and, and con- continued to uh, collect the blood money campaign contributions from the NRA. So Joe Biden is going to be an entirely different president. Um, he's going to be um, he's going to focus on public health and safety. He's going to focus on the pandemic. He's going to focus on the 82,000 opioid deaths last year. He's going to focus on the over 40,000 gun deaths, uh, you know, each and every year uh, and over, you know, 150,000 injuries. Um, I think he is going to, he understands the nexus between public health and safety. He understands, you know, the connection between the body, you know, and the head that's connected by a neck and that we need to focus on um, prevention and, and mental health. Uh, services and public health. And I think he will hold the gun industry accountable. Again, if Congress um, uh, is a is an honest partner uh, and an honest broker, you know, and chooses public health and safety over blood money campaign contributions, we'll get our country back. But I, I think we're going to have absolutely an adult in the White House who understands um, that good public policy can lead to good public health outcomes without uh, infringing on the Second Amendment, which has been decided. I mean, the, Scalia wrote for the, for the majority in the D.C. gun ban case, you can't ban guns in the common use of the founders, but you can put reasonable restrictions on how guns are sold. And that is all Massachusetts does. We are an urban state with the lowest gun death rate in the nation, 
four gun bills, three of which were signed by Republican governors. We had bipartisanship and a 40% reduction in gun injuries. I'm sorry, in gun deaths um, over the time period of those four bills. So gun bills. Um, we're a model for the nation. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. And, um, and, and President Biden understands it. And we'll look to states who have proven that you can reduce injuries and deaths without banning most guns. And Massachusetts is at the top of the list. So I'm looking forward to uh, working with the Biden administration, just like uh, I worked with the Obama administration and the Clinton administration, uh, who paid a lot of attention to what Massachusetts has done around public health and safety.